Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Recorded live. episode of ninja of the woods podcast tonight my guest will be texas bigfoot researcher baltimore galvan jr um we're going to talk a little bit about some things while uh baltimore is waiting to come on um i'm going to go ahead and tell you guys a little bit about an event that i've got going on in my hometown it's called the first annual harlan kentucky CryptoCon 2018 at 110 River Street in Harlan, Kentucky, I will have seven speakers. Ed Brown of Big Truth Productions. Ed is also a Bigfoot researcher uh, and a good friend of mine. Daniel Benoit of Virginia's ECBRO. Matthew Delf of Mountain Empire Cryptid Research Organization. Miss Arla Miss Judy Hensley, who will be there to talk about Black Panther things and stories, along with... Tony Filosi of TheCryptoCoup.com, Michael Cook of Cook Cryptid Research, Bill Lancaster of Bill Co. Productions, and Bill will also be there talking about Cultured Bigfoot uh, and showing the film Cultured Bigfoot. Uh, we'll also have vendors, mountain artisans, and just a little bit of everything for the whole family that day. I'm hoping that everyone listening can try to come and just have a great time. Uh, let's see what we got going on in Bigfoot news here, guys. Um, nothing really that I'm pulling up. Um, I forgot to contact Baltimore, and bear with me, folks. I'll have him on here just in a second. Um. How's everybody's weather? Uh, I know here in Harlan, where I'm at today, it, it's 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 been cloudy, but with uh, it's been real warm out. I mean, unseasonably warm. A lot of the flowers and stuff that are uh, blooming, and the trees across the river from where I live at, uh, they're blooming pretty quick also um and i mean it's just here the past couple years we've had these uh mild winters and you know we're just bringing and spring has came early this year uh ladies and gentlemen is all i can say um let me get I'm going here. But we'll talk about a little bit here while uh, 
Baltimore is get ready to come on. Uh, I've known Baltimore uh, for a little bit. Uh, I've messaged, we messaged back and forth. I met him on um, uh, Daniel Benoit's show, really, um, on the crypto show that he has. I think it's uh, ECBRO. Uh, I think he calls it Watch Zone Radio now. Uh, I like Daniel. He's a good guy. Uh, he's got a the first annual uh, uh, ECBRO Bigfoot conference in Virginia. Uh, the third, I'm gonna now this. I'm gonna buy this by memory, folks. It's June the 30th and July the 1st. Uh, I'm not sure about who all he's got uh, doing it that night or that day. I'm sorry, getting a little tongue-tied. Um, I've got uh, some other things to talk about, but what we're going to do now, I've got Baltimore on the line. Baltimore, are you there? Uh, yes, I am. It's good to hear from you. Um, Excuse me? Uh, you're, uh, you're breaking up a little bit. How's the weather down your way? Uh, the weather is very, very windy. It's been that way here today, too. I was I was wondering, um, I think it's where the thunderstorms and stuff are coming through. We're supposed to have some rain and stuff here. Uh, I was just talking and telling the listeners uh, about the unseasonable weather that we're having here in southeast Kentucky. Uh, the, there's flowers blooming already, and trees are starting to bud. And it's just crazy, you know, the way the weather is today. But uh, right. I'm glad you're I'm glad you're here with us tonight, Baltimore. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and let you uh, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and what got you into Bigfoot research. Um, my ancestors were uh, my ancestors were uh, uh, were Apaches, and um, and uh, and uh, we always uh, we always studied the land and uh, everything like that. We were very familiar with the land, and uh, um, we we were always in the woods, um, basically. Uh, and then uh, why I got into re- uh, Bigfoot researching is uh, um, when I was uh, when we were small, we would actually hear uh, real strange screams and uh, and uh, stuff going on in the uh, in the woods and stuff. We you know um, you know people always told us, hey. Uh, you know, uh, not to go out there, wander there at night, uh, because basically there's a lot of uh, spirits out there. So uh, then, so we always listen to what our uh, what our grandpa, uh, what our grandparents and, and uh, what our parents told us. Um, so, um, uh, but I'm going to go with forward up a little bit. Um, and uh, like around uh, three, four years ago, uh, I actually saw. Uh, my very first Bigfoot, and uh, I actually saw that uh, like around 40 yards away, uh, black and uh, looked uh, looked just like a man. Uh, wow, that's and, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. See, the thing is, again, we uh, I've always thought of Bigfoot being in California, in the Southwest, and never ever did we ever uh, think about it being in South in, in South Texas, and then. Um, and then I did. Um, and then so what happened was um, I started uh, asking around, 
and uh, they actually uh, uh, told me, uh, you need to go talk to this, uh, to this uh, person. His name was uh, Mr. Robbie. And uh, he uh, that he has some information. So uh, it was kind of uh, uh, ner- uh, kind of nervous for me because the uh, very first time I'm going to call a person up asking them if they've seen anything strange or seen a Bigfoot here in Beeville. And uh, yeah, I know how sudden, that is. Yeah, and then all of a sudden I went up there and talked to him, uh, and he goes, "Oh, you need to come to my office." And uh, and then all of a sudden I go to his office. And Lord and behold, he sh- starts showing me uh, 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 the structure that he actually found in the Berkeley, Texas, uh, that uh, that Bigfoot made. And uh, the structure is nothing like you see uh, that people have uh, have up these TP structures or anything like that. Uh, it was more designed like a lean tube. If, any, uh, if a lot of people live uh, who actually uh, do survivals in the woods know where lean tube is, and yeah. uh, it was actually made that way. And um, so he had uh, uh, it was it looked it looked freshly done uh, for the animal. Well, I, I'm trying to get try to uh, not to call Bigfoot an animal because it's not an animal; it's very intelligent. And he actually got uh, got uh, a, like uh, um, like um, weeds from the from the creek bottom, and actually put it in like a um, um, like insulation around it. Uh, it was pretty fascinating. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, so I decided to, uh, um, um, and then and then all of a sudden he goes, oh, uh, so uh, some other people saw it as well, but it's like thirty something years ago, or, and I said, you know what? Uh, Mr. Robbie, what I'm going to do, I'm going to have uh, start having a Bigfoot meeting around here and see how many people would show up. And Lord and behold, the first meeting that I had, I had a total of four people. And uh, and uh, they started telling me fascinating stories where they actually saw Bigfoot walking in a, like in a coastal field. And uh, just uh, uh, started just walking up there, and uh, uh, this other person comes up, calls his friend up, and goes, "What's that?" And uh, he comes up, he goes, "I I don't know, I never seen anything like that before." And uh, so I started walking real slow, and the animal turns around and uh, actually uh, looks at him, and and uh, he started swinging his arms, catching up speed, and uh, he went up there and said he covered a quarter of a mile like it was nothing. And the stories like this have been uh, uh, were going on where everybody was sharing their stories. And I go, man, this is fascinating. And he goes, uh, well, I'm kind of glad that you actually have this because uh, because people have actually seen it, but too afraid to tell other people exactly uh, uh, what they've seen. And yeah. that's what's going and that's what's going on today. And uh, it takes a lot of courage to come up there and actually go up there and actually talk to people and say, this is what I actually did see. And then the news team got a hold of it. News team got a hold of it, and uh, so we had a, a little like little meeting up there, and they started telling their stories and everything. And then all of a sudden, uh, other people started uh, uh, calling me and uh, and telling me exactly their encounters and uh, encounters that happened like in 1924, 1925, uh, and stuff that happened like 10 years ago and stuff that happened uh, 15 years ago. 
And uh, so, you know, these are the stories that, that I basically collect or basically from the eyewitnesses that actually uh, actually saw something, but really too scared to report it. So, and that's how I got started. That's cool. You know, um, like I I mentioned before, I, and I, I keep reminding my viewers, uh, I, I myself have never had a sighting of Bigfoot. Uh, I'm I'm sure it will happen one day, but I am one, what they call, you know, everyone refers to boots on the ground. I'm a field researcher, and I get out every time I can. Uh, I live right in the middle of the, the mountainous region of Appalachia here in southeast Kentucky, and, you know, it's pretty much right in my backyard. Right. See, see, but, uh, see Jimmy, the thing is, it's like uh, – it's like um, – uh, you know, you we hear people that actually uh, uh, they actually haven't uh, seen Bigfoot all the time, and uh, you just have to know how to look for them in the in the woods and everything. And uh, for me, is that it's um, for me is that uh, is being at the right place at the right time, or or when uh, or when Bigfoot is um, uh, going to a, an area where he. Um, and then all of a sudden, uh, it's not paying attention, and it bumps into somebody. Uh, it's it, it, it's like winning a lottery. It's that uh, you know you just never know when it's going to happen. Um, but but in order for you to in order for you to win the lottery, you know you just keep on have to be playing. So have you yourself ever encountered aggressive Sasquatch? Um, I the the only aggressive. Uh, I've actually had uh, one where uh, I was actually on top of a tree. Uh, I have to tell you, uh, get you set up for that. And I was actually on top of a tree. But before that, I would actually throw like horse treats, uh, uh, apple scents, um, you know, stuff for apples and uh, and horse treats and uh, all this other stuff uh, dealing with apples and corn because I like photographing wildlife. Mm-hmm. And then um, there's one particular day, um, well, uh, two days prior, I, I've actually taken pictures of deer and uh, hogs and uh, wild javelinas and deer. And, and there was a doe that came up, had a cut in his ear, and I named her Slash. And there was always a little squirrel always running around. And when something would come, it would always scamper and uh, towards the area where the little squirrel actually heard, heard this noise at. And this one particular day, uh, it was silent. I said, man, that's kind of odd. And uh, because I've always seen a lot of life, something coming. And yeah. this one particular day, I heard deep breathing sounds down to, uh, down this area. I did, uh, there was millions of leaves on the ground, and I couldn't even hear it breaking brush or or, or, or snapping a, a leaf or anything. And then all I hear just deep breathing sounds. And then so I, I heard it for a good uh, good couple of minutes. So I said, what in the world is that? I never heard anything like that before because I'm used to uh, listen to Cavalina's, uh, uh, uh bobcats screaming, mountain lions screaming, but not, I n- never encountered anything like this before. So I climbed down the tree. As soon as I hit the, uh, as soon as I hit the, tr- uh, the ground, the deep breathing sound stopped. And then... Um, and I started looking around the around uh, around the brush and everything like that, and nothing. And then all of a sudden, I said, "Oh man, that's just a figment of your imagination." So I, I sat down back on top of the tree again, and a couple of a couple of minutes later, 
a couple of minutes later, uh, here comes uh, here comes uh, the deep breathing sound again. And I said, man, and the very first thing that came to my mind was, well, something is going to be, uh, something is, he goes, how you like it was something hunts you. So, uh, and then after that, so I, uh, I went down the tree and uh, went back home. And then uh, a couple of days later, I came back and the, uh, my tree stand uh, now is uh, on the ground. Wow. Yeah. So you think that, that it was just its way of letting you know, hey, you don't need to be here. Exactly. This is my place. You know, stay out of it. But but um, but that's that's basically what I got. Uh, basically, he, he wanted to show me who was boss. Basically, so. Yeah, like a. Have you ever experienced any other strange occurrences out while you've been doing your research, other than just that one instance? Uh, just a lot of. Um, I had an. Uh, I had a, uh, another one where, uh, if I wanted to, uh, this is. This is when uh, you have to think like a researcher, and this is a, this is a way that you have to think uh, like a person uh, who respects uh, nature and wildlife. Um, I went up there, and uh, um, I was down this area where I actually heard uh, this sound, and uh, it was sounded uh, real strange. It was like a parrot sound uh, sound um, uh, uh, whistle. And um, and I, and then so I did a Bigfoot call, and then all of a sudden the the sound started getting closer to where I where I was at. This was pretty dark, and I said, and then so it started uh, started, like, started started coming real close to me and everything. And uh, and then all of a sudden, uh, uh, an intuition came to my mind that there was uh, that it was a baby, that it was something small. And uh, so, if I was, uh, if I wanted to actually see what it was, I should have kept on calling it. But I knew very well that if I would, if it would have came to me, then it wouldn't no way uh, find its uh, its mom. Basically, that's what I, I was thinking. And then all of a sudden, um, apparently, uh, uh, there was a, a, a call that was made, which I did not make deeper into the creek bottoms. And then all of a sudden, that little that little baby, whatever it was, actually started hearing uh, that sound and started going towards the creek bottom. And it started last, lasting for a good five minutes. And then all of a sudden, uh, the that little whistling sound just totally stopped. And right then, I knew that he was back with his mom. And this this was maybe like around, I would say maybe like around three years ago. So. Wow. Um, yeah. yeah, it makes sense. You know, you uh, there are certain types of animals, say like, uh, I mean, even even cats, when they have kittens, they make certain sounds to find out where the kittens are at, especially if they're not, uh, their eyes have not been opened up yet. And just right. like dolls, they'll do the same thing too. But, you know, that makes sense, you know, for mm-hmm. them to make certain calls like that, call um, a baby towards them if they get separated from them. Exactly. Now I know you're uh, Native American. Uh, what are some of the other myths and legends that's been passed down to you about uh, Bigfoot? Well, the thing was is that you know we'd never called it Bigfoot because that was just a name that they actually made up a long time ago, and and Sasquatch was basically. And that ours, uh, they, ours, they, we were actually raised up by a legend called. Uh, 
called the uh, lechusa. So we're supposed to be like a half man and or uh, or uh, uh, an old lady crossed with an owl. And uh, if it whistles, and the, the way that you would know is there's one there in the woods. If you whistle and, it's, and they whistle back, that means that's, that there's one there. And then the wow. thing is, so the thing is, is that uh, a lot of the old timers would actually, uh, stuff like that would happen to them, always thinking that it would be the lechusa where it actually could have been a Bigfoot. What other type and of always, uh, cryptid sightings do you have? Excuse me? What other type of cryptid sightings do you, and reports do you take in, or do you just like mainly, your main focus on Bigfoot? I've, um, there was a, I come up there and I asked, uh, I asked people, you know, um, you know, if they had any Bigfoot encounters and things like that type deal, and, and, uh, I, and they would come up there to me when I would be like in H, uh, like in a, like in a grocery store or at uh, or at a Walmart, and they'll come up there and they would tell me that they're so glad, you know, that this that this story came out because they had uh, encounters like uh, stuff that happened to them uh, like 50 years ago, and that nobody believed them. Um, and then, or they'll come up there and they would say that they actually saw like a uh, a man with wings flying. And then so I'm thinking to myself, yeah, man was being flying, yeah. And then all of a sudden you get another report from another town uh, uh, from a police officer stating that they actually uh, uh, had one of their uh, deputies actually saw uh, a wounded man fly. So. Wow. And, uh, I, yeah. Um, I know about in Texas – and Nevada and other places like that, the about the skinwalker. Um, have you ever had any type of uh, sightings like that or sighting reports? The stuff like that is that um, people don't even uh, call the name. Uh, uh, so sometimes they even just call them SWs, you know, because they don't want to. Uh, yeah, they believe that they will. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they believe so, that um, it will like break too. Exactly. Um, yeah. So the, uh, yeah, they believe a lot of uh, uh, they believe a lot of that. So basically, a lot of uh, stuff is dealing with superstitious. Uh, uh, is uh, a lot of stuff is dealing with a lot of, uh, especially with the older people. They deal with a lot of superstition. So. Well, that that's that's very interesting. Um, are you part of a group, or um, is there just? Do you do most of your research by yourself? Um, there's uh, what I do is uh, I work with uh, I work with uh, with a couple of scientists, and uh, I work with. Um, uh, hold on, uh, hold on one second. Okay, you're fine. Hold on one second. Here you go, baby. Mhm. Yeah, uh, I work with the. Uh, I work with some scientists, and I work with the scientists out of San Antonio, and I work with um, with uh, with some other uh, with some other uh, with some doctors and things like that who are doctors who's experts in like birding or uh, and other people that are experts like in plants and things like that. My, uh, you know, uh, once you're in the woods, you just never know what you're going to find out there. So it's always, exactly. it's always good to have it's always good to have somebody like in the professional. Uh, realm where uh, if you see something down the ordinary, 
and you don't know anything about, you know, you could probably find yourself a, uh, a bird that has been extinct or, uh, matter of fact, I actually found this uh, frog out here that was called a sheep frog that was not, uh, that shouldn't be here in Bee County. And uh, they made a big, uh, uh, big old write-up about it and everything like that. So little things like that, it's good to have your eyes open because you never know, again, what you're going to find in the, uh, while you're there in the woods. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Because if you're going to be concentrating on just Bigfoot, because any little twig that you find or any bend that you find or any little thing, you're going to say that Bigfoot did it. But it's not actually true. You know, yeah. you know, it could be like, like from a bad storm. It could be uh, it, it, it could be from a lot of different things. So. Yeah, I know this that uh, I've I've met quite a few people, at least a handful that are the type that once you get out into areas like that and they see breaks and what they call tree structures, they just call everything Sasquatch related. When right. we all need to be, we all need to start being more peaky when it comes to things like that, and not call everything Sasquatch related because a lot of uh, our forces things around here are so dense that mm-hmm. most of us that have lived here, or in you, you should know for a fact if you've been out in the wild enough, you you can tell when a tree is a natural occurring break or a deadfall break. But I, there has been instances when I've been around with uh, quite a few people that everything they seen was what they like to refer to as squatchy. Uh, right. What's your take on what's your take on some of those things like that? Um it's like when me personally when I when I go in there into the woods if I see a a, a break or a bend or something like that, you know, a I got to I have to find out exactly what caused it. For example, you know, it could be from a disease. Nobody talked about disease in trees or termites or uh, or a tree where it's just dead for years and it just falls. Uh, all, they, they should be some kind of solution and some kind of answers to actually what happened there. It's just like if there was a fire there many years ago and you're going to find all the trees burned up and everything like that. If there have been trees that have been burned up for hundreds of years, uh, you know, the evidence will still be there but you just have to find it. it. That's only if you want to find out the truth. Uh, but that's a, that's a problem. There's not too many people who want to know about the truth. Uh, there's too many people that want to uh, uh, get their fame by just uh, assuming things. Because uh, exactly. once, once, once you come up with, uh, with uh, on the Bigfoot community, because the thing is, you know, I kind of, uh, uh, you know, I feel that I am, uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, I, 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 I've been going out in the woods probably for around uh, three weeks straight, and uh, I'm just basically looking at uh, a certain 200 acres of land, and uh, and I'm checking all the terrain, and that's when I uh, found a uh, an oak tree that was bent a certain way, and I'm going, this is odd, because that's the very first time I've seen an oak tree bent that way, especially a tree that's like around 40, between 40 and 50 years old, uh, been uh, that way. It took a, uh, some, a big uh, force to do that. And then so that, uh, so that got me thinking, you know, uh, what could possibly have done that? So, uh, yeah. I just don't know. So. 
when you go out and you do research, I noticed you told me that you like to go out and you camp and then get up the next day and do your research. Right. Is that right? You like to do that? Uh, I like doing that uh, because the thing is, again, it's like uh, you come up there in the, the early morning dew and uh, and the grass is wet and everything like that. Like that, you could actually go up there and actually see what's, what has been out there. You're the very first person uh, that, that really woke up that morning to see what's out there. Yeah. Exactly. It's a whole lot it's a whole lot easier to track an animal uh early in the morning. I see what you're saying there. It, the same way around here, you know, it's always best to get up early in the morning, especially when uh you're deer hunting and stuff. They're a whole lot easier to track if you hit them early in the morning before the sun even comes up. Right. See, and then so what what I did one time and this was maybe uh maybe like around 7 years ago. When I first uh, when I first heard this uh, this uh, uh, deep deep breathing sound and I and I still didn't know what it was and I still didn't know what it was but I knew that there was something out there and um, and then uh, there was another instance where uh, a hunter actually left some guts down the creek and uh, and uh, sure enough I was uh, uh, on the blind area I did not know that the hunter did that. So I was on this blind, and um, and next thing I hear is all these wild, uh, all these dogs eating the intestines to this uh, to this dead deer. And maybe like around ten, fifteen minutes later, I hear oh, 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 down the creek, and all of a sudden all these dogs just start running in all different directions, and uh, and I was see I saw a couple of them come up, and uh, whatever it was, surely scared these dogs away, but didn't have a free meal. And I went and uh, I and I timed it, and it was like around 9:35 in the morning when this happened. So uh, and then and then so um, well, um, a couple of years ago, uh, there was this um, this uh, farmer or this uh, ranch hand, and I would tell him, hey, you see Bigfoot around here? Something strange up here. Just call me up and let me know. So. Uh, Two years from uh, February the uh, February 26th uh, would be an anniversary where he actually saw Bigfoot cross the field, and it actually happened uh, early. In, uh, it happened in the morning time. He couldn't give me a time. Uh, he knew that it was between seven o'clock and ten o'clock in the morning. Wow! And there and there came on nine thirty. So and then I knew exactly what time he would cross. So you think, uh, or or by your research, uh, are they consistent? Do they like come out at certain times? Would you see that that same one at the same time every day, or would it be just certain times of the day? See, it's th- that's the thing. It's that um, it's that um, like um, he saw it. He he uh, he saw it during the daytime, and then so my encounter, they were basically in the woods and the sounds that I've never heard before. And uh, and falling of the trees and everything like that. It was basically the same area where the where these certain calls were at. And then so now I have access to uh, to another ranch that's basically on the opposite side where the uh, where uh, people have actually had encounters. And then so of course we're going to actually going to do some research there. So. Cool. And, um, uh, yeah. So and the thing is, again, it's that uh, it's like this for me is that uh, that's one place in one area uh, excuse me, where I would not go by myself. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, it's it's is uh, uh, you know I've always wanted was a person that was never afraid of the woods or anything. But now there's uh, it's more or less like it's not being afraid; it's more being cautious because you just never know uh, what uh, what his intentions are. You know, I don't know if uh, if, if, if the female is going to have a baby there or. Or if I get close to it, what's going to happen? Or if I, or or if I walk up to them, what's uh, what's going to happen? Yeah, it's exactly. It's always good to be cautious about certain things, you know, especially this stuff, uh, especially with the unknown. Well, you, you know, we got to take in account too that you know they're just like any other animal that has, you know, babies. Uh, mm-hmm. They're young. Uh, they're going to be aggressive. I mean, common sense tells you that they're going to be aggressive. And why not just uh, take caution when you're doing that? And I noticed that uh, I, I never told everyone um, about uh, Bob Mark giving me a little advice. It's been about last month uh, back when I was talking about going out on uh, night hunts. And you told me to be be very cautious. And I've kept that in my whole mind. I even had a good friend of mine, uh, Mike Cook. Of Cook Cryptid mm-hmm. Research, he's a that lives here in the county with me. He wanted me to go out Saturday night, and I told him, I says, I I, I really don't, you know, feel like I need to be out at night because those creatures could be up on you, man, before you even know what was going on, and you would just it would be over with, and you you wouldn't see them coming. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I uh, I've talked to Michael Cook quite a bit, and uh, I call him like the like the preacher of of uh, of, uh, of the Bigfoot community because he he's so filled up with wisdom and he's a uh, you know I you know I cannot say nothing bad about the guy this guy is just incredible. Uh, he's a, he's a real good friend of mine. I've known him. Uh, he lives here in the county where I live at in Southeast Kentucky. Uh, I've known him for about twenty two years. I'd say. Wow. Give a little or take a you know take a year give a, give a year or take a year or two, but uh, yeah, Mike's. When it comes to Bigfoot, he's uh, he knows his stuff. He uh, he's right. he's like everyone else. He's studied. He's done research. Uh, he you know just on the other side of the county here is where he had his first encounter, and right. for him to have it, to have his encounter and him being so young, you know it. Uh, I've done a show not too long ago about uh, PTSD uh, and cryptids. How easy it is for you know like someone that goes overseas to fight in these wars like in Iraq and Afghanistan, they come back home with PTSD, you know, post-traumatic right. stress disorder. And, you know, it goes hand-in-hand hand with cryptids also. I've known hunters and outdoorsmen for that they love being in the woods. They come across mm-hmm. these encounters, and it changes their lives. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, for me, is that once you have an encounter – uh, uh, once you have an encounter, it's it's like a it's like a disease. It's like a a bigfoot disease. It's like once they see it, you know, it's it, it does something to people, where they want to see it all the time. Uh, you know, when they when they want to see it again, or or they just can't stop talking about it or drawing it, or uh, you know, uh, that's the very first thing that comes out of their mouths in the morning. You know, it's it's always about bigfoot. And, uh, you know, there's sometimes when you have to realize is that your family comes first. And then, yeah, and then, exactly. And then, your, yeah, your home comes, uh, you know, your home, your family, you know, your loved ones, you know, those are the people, you know, 
and uh, there's and um, uh, there's times you know when you have a, a good spouse that will come up there and let you do these things. Uh, you know that's what's important uh, because how many how many uh, how many people have actually gone through divorces and things like that of dealing just strictly with Bigfoot Bigfoot research. So. You know, I never I re- never really thought about that. I say there's probably quite a bit uh, because this you know I I found myself getting I guess you could say obsessed with just the subject and I've had to step back you know and just say hey I can't keep you know I can't just let this run my life I have to have time for my wife and you know the rest of my family too and uh you know I'm I'm lucky enough to have a great family and a loving wife that supports me through this and you know she's my she's my biggest fan you know and that that's just not a cliche but I'm actually you know she is I love her dearly, and and she she is my biggest fan. She's 100% with me with this, with the event that I've been putting on and everything. And, uh, um, you know, I, what can I say about her? She's wonderful. Mm-hmm. See, because but, my fiancé uh, keeps me straight, let me tell you. And uh, there's yeah. some times, oh, let me tell you, she keeps me in a straight and narrow line. And, uh, and there's some times when... Uh, um, there's sometimes she'll come up there and say, hey, you have to think about it this certain way because I don't think that you really thought about it that way. You're supposed to think about it this way. And then all of a sudden, you know, she, uh, she's right. So. It's, you know, we, and we're blessed to have women like that in our lives that, you know, mm-hmm. they have her back and take care of us. Um, what kind of advice would you have for someone out there that like me that's getting into Bigfoot research? Uh, any tips or anything like that that you could give? My my uh, is um, uh, Daniel and I. You know, we uh, I, I, I talked to him about it one time, and uh, it's like take your time, never rush anything. Always be safe. Uh, you know, always uh, you know all, you know always let people know where you're going. Um, that's how people get lost a lot in the woods. Um, you know, make sure, you know, safety comes first. Uh, you know, your safety comes first. Uh, when you're in the woods, you know, you probably, you know, a lot of things could happen. You could probably be attacked by a bear, especially out there, or get bit by a rattlesnake or or um, or accidentally get shot by a hunter. It's, uh, it's always good to be safe. It's always good to let somebody know where you're going to be at at all times. If, if you don't uh, and just say that I will be back by 7 o'clock or let's say 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, and if you're not back by this certain time, you know, have somebody start looking for you. You know, it's always good to be prepared at all times. Always let people know where you're going to be going. Uh, I'm going to be looking at this area. Something happens, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be here. So, so it's, it, it, it's always good to be aware of your surroundings and let people know where you're going to go. Yeah, I do that a lot here where, where we live in this area. Um, we go of I hardly will ever go in the mountains without letting my wife know where I'm going to be, uh, when I'm expected. You know, usually I estimate when I'm going to be back, what time I'm going to right. be back. And I always tell her, you know, if I'm not back by this time, don't worry too much. But if I'm not mm-hmm. back by this time, then send someone looking for me. Exactly. But that's right. It's rare, it's rare, though, that uh, I don't show up when I usually tell her when I'm coming, you know, when I'm right. going to be home. Right. And I, I refuse to go in the mountains around here 
uh, without a friend with me and do any kind of hiking or anything because um, there's we have a real bad population of black bear here now, uh, and they're, like, taking over. And you can just, like, turn a bend and, ran, you know, run into them. And this time of year here, they're having young, and they get pretty aggressive when they have a uh, baby around and you like walk in walk into their area Baltimore, it's been great having you on the show um i i like i said you know i've been trying to get you on for a couple uh couple weeks now and then Right. But you know, I try to work. I try to work this out with everyone. When I do the right. podcast, I tell them, you know, what's best for you. Whenever it's good for you, uh, you know, right. I'm I'm working on your on your time. You're not working on my time. So, right. Um, but I I really appreciate it. Um, I usually have no a uh, co-host, but she couldn't get on tonight. Um, but. Uh, there's one thing I want to extend uh, to you. I would like to uh, extend an invite to our event next year. Now, I know uh, you being in Texas, it uh, it could be hard traveling all that way. But if you can get here next year and it's possible, I would love to have you as a speaker at our event okay. next year. Uh, maybe we can work something out. Uh, I can promise you lodging for sure, and I'll feed you while you're here. But maybe we can work something out and get you here because I believe a lot of people would like having you here and listening to you talk about your research and uh, right. you know just what just what you like to do because there's right. there's, there's a lot of uh, hunters and uh, bushcrafters that come to these events like that around here too, and uh, they would like to you. Know, just not hear about the Bigfoot research, but about your camping and stuff like that. Right. And, but. See, and uh, also too, Jimmy is is, um, is is something else too. Is uh, um, I I actually have a, this jar buried, and uh, the, the the location where I'm at, and uh, in, inside this jar it has like water, it has like matches, it has uh, it has like a, a, a supply of food for uh, for a day. You know, just in case if something would happen, if I can get back, if uh, if I need some supplies, I have something there that would uh, take care of me for that one particular night. And uh, is uh, again, is always good to be uh, uh, be safe. Is always good to be prepared at all times because again, you just never know. So, and, and that's good advice. I really appreciate mm-hmm. that. Yeah. That that's something that you know I never. I'm glad you said that. That's something I've never thought of, uh, putting something out there like that. That way, if I know I'm not going to be back at a certain time, that uh, you know everything will be taken care of. I'll have to keep keep that in mind and uh, maybe uh, go by your example and do the same thing too. The next time I go out, and I'm going right. to be in even that the, area, uh, you know, just exactly you know even giving getting one of these little sh- uh sheep walmart phones that you buy like 20 bucks and uh and uh you know put in the in a big gallon mason jar and just in case if you needed to contact somebody and your own cell phone is dead uh you have uh, you know a uh, 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 plan b uh because there's there's nothing as worse as not communicating to your loved ones or or, or contacting a, a, a person that's uh, you know like a, a fire department or a police department and uh, saying that you're lost or hurt, uh, 
And then if you could go to this location where your stuff is at, and you could actually activate this certain phone, and you could call somebody and say, hey, uh, and then just call your loved ones up there and say, hey, I'm hurt, uh, I'm in this spot, or whatever. Um, so it's, it's, it, again, it's always good to be safe and prepared at all times. So. Well, I appreciate that advice, and uh, I'm I'm sure the listeners appreciate that advice and have taken everything in like I have tonight, too. Um, I thank you for coming on the show and just uh, taking the time to talk with me about your research and your input on it, you know, because I value uh, researchers that are out in the field, and, you know, any advice that they can give me or my listeners is always appreciated. And uh, thank you very much for having me. Like I said, I, I really do appreciate it. You know, as long as I could, as long as I could help somebody, you know, uh, with their Bigfoot research, or you know, to me, just is just having fun in the woods. You know, is you know, have you know, listen to the coyotes, go, you know, howl, or, or yeah, I'm saying yeah, yeah, or listen to the owls, or you know, because down out here, um, uh, uh, they were saying that uh, I haven't seen one. But they were saying like the cougars have actually started making a comeback, and not the cougars, the the uh, the jaguars have actually started making a comeback, and uh, they actually saw one dead on a road uh, a few years ago, and uh, so the game wouldn't pick that up, and uh, but again, you just never know what you're going to be encountering at night, and uh, that's why it's always real good to again to be safe at all. You know, I, when I go out, uh, you know, I I bring a 38 with me. Uh, it's not not for hunting wise it's basically for uh you know uh for a, for a, a self defense because again you just never know what's out there exactly um well i appreciate you coming on and i i value your friendship and i'm glad that i actually got to meet you and we get to talk and stuff and uh you know but once again i want to thank you uh uh, thanks everyone for listening tonight. Uh, join me next Saturday, February the twenty fourth, as my guest will be chief researcher of Virginia's ECBRO, Mr. Daniel Benoit. Uh, once again, uh, Bob Demar, thank you so much for being on the show, and everyone no have problem. a God blessed and a good night. All right.